Welcome back to Agency Nation Radio. My name is Ryan Hanley, and I am joined, as always, by Marty Agather. Marty, what's going on, man? Howdy, gang. Uh, it is a beautiful day here, as I'm sure it is where you are. Marty, I want to get right into today's topic because it actually, um, when you sent this uh, piece of research over to me uh, that you you found through an article in uh, Insurance Networking News, which took you to a research report from Morgan Stanley, and uh, this this just really this hit home for me um, in particular because I am putting together, uh, kind of putting the finishing touches on. Uh, a big presentation called How to Sell Insurance to Millennials, which I'm going to be doing for the very first time in Arizona, which I'm excited about. And this this just dived, this just peeled off so many layers of that presentation um, and kind of put a, put a pin in them. So uh, take us into this document and why um, we wanted to focus on it today. Sure. So uh, the, the point of this document is that we are um, approaching an, an, a strategic inflection point, right? That's one of the things we've talked about in the past. That's, uh, uh, think of a hockey stick, right? So we're going along in one direction. All of a sudden, it just goes to the sky. And we are approaching a strategic inflection point in small business insurance. Uh, this in uh, the U.S. is a $100 billion a year marketplace, so it is not small change, all right? Even though the individual premiums might be small, it's the kind of things that... Um, Many agencies sort of, uh, you know, they probably don't target it because they take some work and they uh, and and they don't generate a ton of commission. So it's it's similar in nature, I would say, to personal lines in that you've got to you've got to have a fairly efficient office in order to be able to write this business profitably. Um, but what they say is that right now of that hundred billion. Only 4%, $4 billion of premium is transacted digitally today. But they are expecting this to grow to between 17 and $33 billion by 2020. So, in other words, anywhere between 17 to 30% of the marketplace will be going digital within four years. This is a huge, huge opportunity for some folks, and it's a potential, it's another potential for those of us who are not paying attention to get blindsided. Yeah, in, in a lot of this, um, this just makes sense, right? I mean, for, and again, I, I'm going to take a step back. We stuck our head in the sand when digital first hit the personal lines market, and we said, absolutely not. Our clients would never, ever be willing to go online. It is all about our relationship, and that is the keystone of why they buy insurance from an independent insurance agent, and that will just never happen. You know, 15 years later, everyone complains about Geico and State Farm and Allstate and eSurance and then all these other digital platforms and online lead generators and and. And but the commercial lines agents have had this little smirk, and and Marta, you've been at the conferences with me, right? They all kind of sit to the side, and they have this little smirk, and they're like, "Yeah, that's all great for auto insurance, but that's never coming to commercial. Commercial is far too complex a product for it ever to be purchased on the internet." And lo and behold, here we are. The biggest opportunity in the entire industry is sitting there. And why do you think companies like Insurion, who have 260 people and are absolutely crushing it, spending $30,000 a day in digital marketing? That's right. That's right. You don't have to rewind your podcast. 
I just said that Insurion has 260 people and is spending $30,000 in digital marketing a day to attract small and mid-market businesses. And then they had to bought Insurance Noodle, which is a small business MGA. And there's another one of these coming out called Bold Penguin. And there's another one that's been out for about three years now called Mbroker. And there's all these companies coming after this marketplace because of that number that you just talked about. And why why is that happening? Let me tell you why it's happening. Uh, these, uh, these, these analysts at Morgan Stanley are predicting that by 2020, 60% of the small businesses in the United States are going to be owned by millennials and Gen Xers. Take it away, Ryan. Yeah, I mean, that's, it, it just, it makes sense, right? I mean, it makes sense. Nine, it's, they're the largest generation. And when you, so let's think about how these things evolve, right? Baby boomers were the largest generation in history. And uh, they owned a lion's share of the businesses, and they're, they've been in their careers for a long time. But they're, every year, we're losing baby boomers to retirement every single year. And, the, and whether those businesses are being passed on to someone else or are being sold or are just disintegrating, somehow the services rendered by those businesses has to be recaptured in the market. And it only makes sense that millennials who are uh, hitting their mid-30s now have established uh, a career, have established expertise, um, are building families, are settled in communities, and are now starting to look to fill the gaps that they're finding by baby boomers leaving, right? Baby boomers controlled the market. And Gen X... Uh, Gen X served as kind of the the uh, I want to say this in a nice way, but they they kind of have always played second fiddle to the baby boomers, and and that generation gap to the millennials. The millennials are saying we don't need to wait for the baby boomers; they're out. We can fill those gaps. So again, we talk about this all the time. If you're not speaking to millennials, you are essentially writing a death certificate for your business. Let me let me let me uh, let me make this bring this home to our listeners. You know. If we were, if you and I right now were talking about what was going on in the agency space, right? The millennials who have cut their teeth, they've learned all of that detailed insurance knowledge, and now they want to go out and do it, do it on their own. Everybody on the podcast would be nodding their head going, yeah, I get it. I get it. That's exactly what's going on. It, I've seen it. It may be me. It might be my best buddy. It's the same thing out there in the world of commerce. Some contractors, you know, he's been he's been an apprentice. He's starting to get it. Now he wants to go out and start his own trim carpentry business, right? And what's he going to do? He's going to use the tools and the techniques that he is familiar with for all of his business needs. And one of those business needs is going to be, how do I insure Marty's trim carpentry? The guy that does my landscaping and, and mows my lawn, right? I mean... And I am not ashamed to say that someone mows my lawn for me. I hate that work and I travel a lot and don't feel like doing it when I get home. So the guy that does that work for me, he's got a big business. He's got like six or seven trucks. He's got a whole team of guys. He bought the business from his dad. So his dad now just kind of works part-time for them, helps him with more of the design on some of the larger stonework projects and stuff. Um, but this you know, Sean, the guy that does this work for me, he he's a twenty. He's twenty nine years old, 
and he runs a huge landscaping operation throughout most of Albany. He's got he's got probably 20 guys and like I said he's got seven trucks and he's got these big pieces of equipment he brings in to haul the boulders in and do the stonework and all that kind of stuff. And this is a millennial run business. This is a guy who's who's you know, put their website in place for the first time, who's doing all kinds of marketing in that space, who communicates via text message. Do you me, think me, that, me. that he's going to take time out of his day to go sit across from you and learn about his insurance? Never. He's got a business to let, run. Let, let me let me, let me, me go a little radical on you, Brian. So if if he came to your house and uh, it was time to pay your bill and, and uh, you said, well, you know, I'd really like to stick this on my credit card. Do you think he'd run over to his truck and grab out one of those little zit, zit, snap across machines with the paper? No, he's probably got a square that he plugs into his phone, swipes your card, done. Yeah. Exactly. Right? 100%. I mean, it's just it, – here's the deal. I, I guess I guess it's almost like – and I, and I and it, it's almost like we're being very cavalier about this. And I guess, uh, you know, for the people that are listening to this, we're probably preaching to the choir. But um, we can't – we can no longer sit back on commercial and say, oh, we can still do it the way we've always done it with commercial because that's too complex. Commercial is not too complex. And if you think that the that the the, the uh, super regional and national commercial lines carriers are not looking for ways to do aggregated quoting like they do with auto insurance and home insurance, then you are sadly mistaken because they all are. I mean, the genesis of Bold Penguin and Embroker as um, as businesses is they are starting to tie into. Uh, carrier systems to do at least introductory quoting on bot business and small business accounts. Now, can you underwrite an entire every line of commercial lines business uh, from a digital um, from a digital quoting system? I think today we're not there yet, but it, 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 we just can't. We can't confuse ourselves, or confuse is probably the wrong word. We can't try to convince ourselves that somehow. The insurance transaction is too complex, or there's too much that goes into it. Frankly, our 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 consumers don't care. They don't care. It's not that they don't care about the coverage, but they don't care that it's complex because that should not matter to them, and nor should it impact their transaction. The fact that this is complex, we shouldn't be putting that burden on them. That burden is on us, and we need to continue to find ways to do our job to provide the great coverage and 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 be the the um, the steward or steward of their of uh, their insurance program that we've always been, but make it easier and easier for them. And online quoting, online aggregation of small business um, uh, tools that provide suites of our. Um, Platforms that provide suites of tools for small businesses, like say an M broker is trying to do. Uh, this is all coming. This is the future, and uh, we we need to be prepared for it as independent agents. Yeah, let me let me just sort of put the capstone on this thing. What uh, what this report tells us is that uh, by 2020, between three and eight billion dollars of operating profit is up for grabs. It's either available to somebody that's coming in new or that the existing players are going to lose, right? Or just going to shift around among players that some get it, some don't on the carrier side, three to eight billion on the agency side in commissions between 400 million and a billion dollars. This is significant opportunity folks 
significant. It's very significant. And, you know, I think we're going to be talking a lot more about commercial lines. You know, I, I've said it before, and I don't want to make this another commercial for trustedchoice.com, but, you know, 50% and in some, in some months more than 50% of the referrals that come through our platform are for mid and small commercial business. So if you're a commercial broker and you're just looking for new business opportunities, they're coming in from the internet. So, and you know, and we it's not like we just focus on commercial. We do just as much or more work on the personal line side. It's just that there is so much opportunity on the commercial line space and so few organizations have done the digital marketing and content and SEO work for commercial lines. There just there just isn't as much competition in that space and people don't really understand it and haven't set up the systems that they have on, say, an auto. So there's not as much competition from a pay-per-click in Google or even in Facebook. Uh, so – there is a ton of opportunity in commercial. If you are still putting on rubber sole shoes and driving around and dropping off business cards, and that is your only method for attracting new commercial lines business, you are going to struggle. Because if you got a guy uh, who's motivated or a woman who who's smart and can come in, and I don't mean guy motivated or woman smart, not vice versa, both motivated and smart, either gender, um, and looks at that and says, I can do just a little bit of work in the digital space and I can get to all those clients before you even walk in the door. I mean, that's what I would think. If I knew, and I did five years ago when I was doing this, you know, I looked down the street and I knew all my competition were were, were barnstormers and, and handshakers. And I said, I'm just going to go around you or past you. And I'm going to hit 100 companies in the time that it takes you to hit 10. And uh, that's the opportunity that exists. And by making the, each process just a, you know just constantly iterating and making the process easier for them, not discounting coverage, not selling only on price, but just making the process of purchasing a little easier, a little more transparent, a little more valuable, there is an enormous opportunity in the commercial line space. So, Marty, I'm uh, so glad me, you brought wanna, this piece of yeah. Uh, I want to drill. Uh, I want to drill down on those TrustedChoice.com numbers just for a second because I think this will bring a little clarity. the The fact of the matter is, is that we actually have fewer commercial lines visitors than we traffic. do. Yep, in traffic. traffic. Yep, exactly. Traffic, right? Then we do personal lines. But the difference is the commercial lines. Uh, traffic converts to actual opportunities for agents more frequently. Why? Because those commercial lines people realize they need help. They don't understand it. They realize that their, their livelihood is at stake. This is a real opportunity for people, okay? These people are out there. They're confused. They want some help. They are buyers. They are not tire kickers. They are not all those things that we've always heard that, you know, why the internet business is no good. No, these are real opportunities. Yeah. So what does that mean? It means for you that when you're, when you're thinking about the digital marketing side of your business, don't forget about commercial. If anything, if anything, seek out commercial first, because it's going to be harder for you to capture opportunities in auto and in home, or particularly auto, um, it's just going to take more traction because everybody goes to auto first. So think commercial first and let auto and home come to you. You can always cross-sell the CEO or the president of a commercial account their home and auto, but it's much harder to get to that to cross-sell into the business, right? So start with the business, attract the business, um, and I and it, you know there's more to talk about 
Um, you can dive deeper into topics. You can become a subject matter expert. It's just so much easier to stand out by focusing in uh, your marketing, especially your digital marketing and digital advertising when you do that in the commercial line space. Let's All let's right. let's talk about the Yak Young Agents Committee from Alabama in a little uh, meeting you attended late last week. Yeah, where so, were you? Where were you exactly? Yeah. Um, before we get there, real quick though, um, this is episode number thirty-three of the podcast. If you want to check out the research that Marty found and you've been referencing here. Uh, agencynation.com forward slash podcast. Look for episode 33 and you'll be able to, I'll have a link to this uh, in those show notes so you can you can find that research and check it out yourself. Um, make sure you do that and make sure you subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play or wherever you listen to podcasts so that you don't miss any more of the new episodes that we push out every week. Uh, we're get, we have an episode every week. Sometimes if we're feeling froggy, we get two out in a week. It all depends on whether Marty has his act together or not that week. Um, all right, so Marty, I was asked by Boyd McGee, who is the National Young Agents Chair for the Big Eye. I was asked by him and his uh, com- the committee uh, for the young agents in Alabama to come down in conjunction with Ron Berg, the executive director of ACT, the Agents Council for Technology. Boyd had the idea uh, that uh, he wanted to bring together uh, as many agency management system representatives as he could, and he wanted to kind of do like a face-off, like a like you know, just get them together and get them talking about what can an agency management system do, what should we expect from our agency management system, and just not not like a pitch fest where it's by my agency management system, but more like this is what's available in the market. And if you're not taking advantage of it, you know, you may have these features in your system and, and you don't even know that they exist. And and I gotta tell you, the the guys, um, and I say guys because it was it was all men. We were actually commenting on the lack of gender diversity in the panel and, and we're gonna fix that in the future. But um, the guys that came down to talk about their agency management, so they did a phenomenal job. They bought into the process. So what it was was uh, there were nine agency management systems, and I'm going to try to name them all right now. Nextsure, Vertifor, QQ Solutions by Vertifor, Applied Systems, Easy Links, uh, ITC, Insurance uh, Technologies Corporation, uh, Laird Ricksford's company, um, Hawk, uh, Hawksoft, and Sean Hawkins. Uh, Tech Canary. I said Vertifor already. Yeah, the, um, the, the one was the one. Who was the one that was uh, built and, on top uh, of SIS? Salesforce. SIS Partner XC. Yeah. Yep. So nine uh, agency management systems all together. So they all got eight minutes. So at first they got eight minutes, and they went one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, eight minutes, just talking about their system. They really it was theirs to do with whatever they wanted, and then we brought them all together in a big panel. And for an hour and a half, we just peppered them with questions, and they answered those questions. Here's the cool thing about it, though, right? So there was like a probably say 175 people in the audience. We then, through the Agency Nation Facebook page, we live streamed the event to Facebook. And we had at any given time between, say, 85 and 120 people watching live. All told, this video now we're probably four days later after the event finished. More than 1,300 people have watched this event uh, on Facebook, watched, watched this event. Two hours and 20 minutes 
of agency management system discussions, more than 1,300 people, more than 167 comments, just phenomenal, phenomenal event. Boyd did a great job. Alabama did a great job. Ron Berg, it was a pleasure to work with him. All the agency management system people uh, just just couldn't have couldn't have gone off better. As an attendee, uh, I enjoyed it. We learned a ton too. Obviously, um, this was our first sort of production live stream event, so I think uh, we've got an after action uh, report that we're working on to try to figure out how we do do them. Um, uh, with with a little better uh, with a little better production quality, but all in all, for a first shot at this thing, it went off stunningly well. Yeah, so I hacked up the tech so bad. Uh, I brought all this equipment down, but you know we had never really done this before at scale. I'd done it in studios before, where it's very controlled, but never live. And all of these production issues came up, so it ended up being recorded via my my Facebook hd camera on my you know i shouldn't say facebook but uh the the camera that is on my computer and the audio from just the computer mic so not perfect but it came out hd and 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 that's good and everything um but i got uh but marty and uh sydney rowe from our team i know you guys have already had this discussion uh and 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 myself the three of us we are going to figure out and gear up um because I think bringing more of the excellent programming that happens throughout the Big Eye family um, and the events that take place, bringing that and, and just pulling pieces out of it, right? Like we just want to give people a feel of what it means to be at these events because watching them live is 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 great and, and you can get a lot from it. But ultimately what I'm hoping by, by broadcasting these is, is – extending conversations, uh, giving people access who otherwise couldn't make it to the events. But really, I want more people at the events. You make relationships that last a lifetime at these events. And um, I'm hoping the kind of excitement and engagement that happens at them, that some of that is pushed through the, these Facebook Lives and um, and people start to attend more. Yeah, I, I think – I mean, well, so I want to just go right to this. I think a line of questioning came out of the online participation that would not have, we would never have gotten there had we just relied on, uh, you know, the, 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 the in-person attendees. There's no doubt about that. I mean, like I said, 167 questions. People were, were just rifling questions at these guys. Really great questions too. Not like nonsensical stuff, like really well thought out. And you could tell, you know, and we have, uh, Jeff Roy, who's an agent from Toronto, Josh Lipstone, an agent from North Carolina. Um, I'm just thinking of all the other, I mean, just the whole, there were agents from across the country watching this event and asking questions. And you just think as a vendor, that's incredible exposure, incredible opportunity to connect with people. And at the same time for the agents, they're getting to see and and hear Something that, you know, normally they wouldn't be able to see in here. It would just be contained to the few people that were to that were at the Young Agents Alabama event. And and because we recorded it, it lives forever. So what I'm gonna do over the next few weeks is chop that up and and get those get the pieces out and distribute them so that um, if you had interest in hearing uh, Sean Hawkins tell the the story of Hawksoft again, which he did a phenomenal job with, uh, you could hear that and and listen to it and get a feel for what Hawksoft is all about or or um, read Holsworth from Tech Canary, which is a 
you know, one of the more cutting edge agency management systems, very young, about uh, two or three years old, but, but very cutting edge built into Salesforce, um, completely different structure to it. Uh, and possibly the future of what an agency management system will be. We'll see, I'm sure applied and Vertifor and all the rest have something to say about that, but, um, it's just an exciting time for technology. And it was cool to have, um, very well-spoken people, very well-spoken and knowledgeable people talking about agency management systems. Yeah, I loved uh, I love uh, Chris Hawkins' uh, comment. He says, "My dad, that's Paul. Uh, some of you might know Paul. He's been around for a while. So, uh, but he says you can have any video game you want as long as you program it yourself." Yeah, that was awesome. It was awesome. I mean, this basically um, he had been programming since he was eight years old because his dad, you know, just bought him a computer and said. Whatever you want to do with this computer, you can do it, but you got to put the code in that makes it happen. And that's just, I mean, that's a phenomenal way to teach somebody. And, and, uh, Sean Hawkins, uh, bought into it and, and, you know, and, and, um, and built and built Hawks. I mean, obviously with other developers, but, you know, he built it, uh, because of that. So, you know, Marty, it got me thinking a lot about, um, about, Facebook Live and and what does live mean and how can agents use Facebook Live? I mean, obviously, broadcasting uh, um, a panel or a presentation from uh, an event makes a lot of sense. But, you know, what are some of the ways that, that, you know, if you're just brainstorming, what are some of the ways that an agent could possibly use Facebook Live in um, in their their everyday agent life? Well, I... I mean, obviously, there are times when you're with clients that it's 100% privileged and private conversation, right? So you're not going to do any of that stuff. But any of the other um, marketing activities, you know, I think of uh, Claudia McLean um, out on the West Coast. They do that thing where they do a... Uh, uh, a community recycling project. So they set up in the parking lot of a, of a, a warehouse or something and, and they bring in tractor trailer, uh, rigs to, to collect old TVs and paints and all the kind of stuff that people have in their garage that they don't know what to do with. I mean, there's a perfect example where you could live stream, uh, sort of the kickoff of that and, you know, every hour on the hour talking about how many pounds of stuff you've collected. So you could, you could create a marketing event around the, um, the 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 uh, the social connection points that your agency is involved in. Yeah, I mean, I think that that is a wonderful example. Um, other great examples would be, uh, let's say you have a great client and they own a bakery or you know, like a, like a large volume bakery, not just a um, you know a couple ovens, but you know, you could go into their their warehouse area or their baking and uh, or, or their you know their back end kind of baking manufacturing area and you know, do some, have them talk about why they use certain products or how they keep uh, their systems clean or, you know, something unique to them and, and use Facebook Live as a way to pull people into that. And uh, you could do like exclusive, um, if you had a special Facebook group, you could highlight uh, certain members of that group. Um, so, if you, you know, like in Albany, there's a a group about the 518, that's the area code here, and there's all business owners in there, and you can Facebook Live right into um, that group specifically. So there's all kinds of things you can do with this. I was, I was gonna, I was, I was gonna jump on your uh, bakery example. You know who does a great job of this? It's not, uh, it's not live broadcast, but uh, our buddy Chris Paradiso. So what you could do is you could actually feature your your clients, right? And you could help them. So if 
If somebody was having a grand opening for a new restaurant, you go do that. You find out who their um, social media contacts are. You broadcast that event to their social media contacts. Obviously, they're interested because that, that they know that individual. And very subtly, you're getting the message of your agency out to a new group of people. Yeah, and if you're wondering, you know, how do you get people to these Facebook Lives, use your email list, right? Ping your clients and say, hey, as a as a special feature of, of being a client of this agency, we are giving backs, you know, backstage access to um, this this concert or uh, this this sporting event in the local area or maybe a politician speaking that's important to your area or uh, a grand opening of a new business or, you know, there's a million different things that you can just take a little time out of your day to go be part of and then allow your audience, your clients, the people who like your Facebook page or are part of your Facebook community, um, you can you can then just simply you know, ask them to come in and watch or just say, hey, this is what we're doing. I mean, that's what I did with the with the Alabama thing was I just said, hey, we're going to be broadcasting this live. And if you want to know about it, just just let us know. And and then when we go live, I'll ping you with an email. So um, that's what I did. And like I said, 115, 16 odd people uh, to have there at one time is fantastic. You get 30, 40 people watching and part of this and drawn into your life. I mean, it's just helping to put fences around your clients because they they feel a deeper connection to you because it's happening in that moment. It doesn't feel produced. And if you're giving them some value, you know, you're you're letting them into a world that maybe they wouldn't otherwise be part of, like behind you know, behind the doors of a manufacturing plant or um behind the scenes at a grand opening or something. Uh, well now they're seeing you as a value creator. Ryan, you said something there that uh, I want to go back to, and that's uh, how do you get the word out? You use your email list, and it's quite probable that uh, some people that are listening went email list. I don't have an email list, so I want to go back to you know one of the foundational principles that uh, you should be working on, and that is virtually every, and, and I can't say every because I don't know for a fact, but I got to believe virtually every um, agency management system now has the ability to capture an email address for your customers. If your frontline service people, if you yourself are not actively asking every flipping customer for their email address, you are doing yourself a disservice because that email address turns into then your list, all right? So that's just a quick and easy down and dirty way to start an email list. Um, But that brings me to my bigger point, which is that happens to be one of the modules that's going to be included in our new zero to sales um, course that's coming out on Agency Nation University. So if you're interested in figuring out how you can maximize the use of email, we've got a number, number of specific courses, including how to build a list on the docket for zero to sales. Yeah, and I can't wait for that to launch. I mean, I'm so excited about it. I've wanted to have a course and community for insurance agents and kind of the the digital sales and and marketing world for so long. And I'm just glad that we're finally going to be bringing this to market. If you want to learn more about Agency Nation University, uh, just go to agencynation.com. And at the very top, you'll see a link. uh, It says university. Click that link and enter your email, your name and email. And uh, when we go live with this course, 
uh, you'll be one of the first to know. And from that email list, we're going to pull 25 kind of beta users. These are the first people in, um, and you're, you're going to have like an 80% discounted lifetime rate on the course by coming in early, giving us feedback, kind of letting us know what works and what doesn't. Um, and I, I, just, I just can't wait to get those beta users in there and get them kind of you know, playing with things and learning and giving us feedback and being part of the private Facebook group that we're going to have. It's, it's going to be so much fun. So, uh, and, and email, I mean, I'm, te- I'm telling you, email can be an enormous revenue driver for current clients. It, it can mean referrals. It can mean cross sells, upsells. Um, it means retention. I mean, email, don't let anybody ever, ever, ever tell you that email is dead. If someone tells you that email is dead, you need to immediately, immediately question their expertise in the digital marketing world. Email is not dead. It is still by far the most or one of the most, you know, we're talking, it's either number one, two, or three in the most powerful tools that you have at your disposal to drive revenue in the digital sales and marketing world. So I'm very, very excited for Agency New Agency Nation University, and I love talking about email marketing, so uh, we're going to do a lot of that. Um, Marty, we're, we're, we're up against our number here, man. We, we, we actually, uh, I think we had a couple more things to talk about, but that's all right. We can always save them for the next episode. Absolutely. I think we are out of here.